We're out of place I'm doing fine I'm feeling great You're not my fan You can't relate Straight talk going safe It's not safe Before you cross me Look both ways Leaving the scene With no trace Not in my lead You out of place I'm not at the top I'm out of space Can't eat with us We're out of place I'm doing fine I'm feeling great You're not my fan You can't relate Straight talk going State to state What's going on, guys? It's your host, your boy, George McKay. We are back here in the Straight Talk Studios. It's May. The sun is shining. And I got someone very special, a good friend of mine. And that's not shop talk. It's the truth. Because we work for the same promotion where he is the reigning, defending HWE World Heavyweight Champion. Please help me welcome to Straight Talk Wrestling for the first time, but not the last. I hope I get this right. The Saturday Night Delights, the dangerously handsome, dimple dapper himself, Tyler Turva. Did I do it right? Tell me I did it right. It was close. It was close. Thank you. <laughs> Here, I got you. I got you. So we got the dapper, dimple, dangerously delicious Mr. Young, fit and stupid pretty, the Sunday morning hangover cure, the Saturday night delight, Tyler Turba. You do way better than I ever could. You're right. I tried, <laughs> I tried so hard. I really did. I tried to nail it. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Jimmy Corderas botched it at the last show, just like a touch as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. So Tyler, man, you have been around in this business for a long time, chasing this adrenaline rush. And the reason why I bring that up, there's an article I found from 2019 where you compared wrestling to the biggest high anyone could ever have. Can you kind of expand on that? Absolutely. Uh, it actually like one audio clip that really does it justice is uh, I don't know if you remember like the WWE desire video stone cold always talks about like the second as music hits, like, and even talking about it, like every time my music hits, like I always get goosebumps and it's just like, you just switch and you go into like a completely different zone where you get to be like, for me, I get to be every, like everything I ever wanted to be the second that my music hits can go out and get to, like have my cape and just do my thing and, and actually just like drop into those moments and actually just like feel, feel and create the moments and energy that I want from the crowd so that I can get the most out of what this performance is about to do. That's like essentially what your entrance should be. And it's pretty cool. It absolutely is. And you also in that same article, this is a great article. The article I'm quoting, by the way, is uh, the title of it is to WWE and back. Tyler Turver explains how wrestling is better than any high or any drug. And this was from 2019. Great article. If you get a chance, everyone check it out. It's a fantastic read. But you also talked about being able to control the crowd, have them in the palm yeah. of your hand. And that's, yeah. I've heard it said so many times, but in reading in this article, I really felt that it was genuinely the first time that I heard it from someone who actually 150% meant it, if that makes any sense. I feel like I've seen you perform so many times, first defeating Rip Impact to become the HW champion. What a great match to call. I even got some camera time because you came over to the commentary <laughs> table and it was a great yeah. moment. We we shared the picture together on socials. It was awesome. My face was like yeah. a kidney candy store. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah. Same with Bill Chase, like in mine too, like the three of us, but like that's what, like, like what you just said, like that was us having a moment right there. Like, and that picture encapsulates everything that we felt. Cause it was just something like, I was just, I was walking by and I was like, man, I'm going to jump into commentary. Like you guys weren't ready for it. Like, so we just did what we felt in that moment. 
It was great. It was a great moment. And it was great to watch you win that match, to watch you knock Rip Impact down a peg or two, because he had been doing some shady stuff in his title yeah. reign before the Saturday Night Delight took him to the uh, to the brink. And it was it was one heck of a match, man. I, I've never seen two wrestlers complement each other and know each other so well as you two did that night. I almost felt like you, you both had to be a couple steps ahead because you almost knew where the other one was going to go. Like, instead of being one step, you had to be four. Okay, I know he's going to do this, then he's going to try this, now I got to do this. Like, it was crazy yeah. how quick you two really were. Yeah, and that's, uh, and I think that just, like, I've I've wrestled Rip a couple times in the past, and so, like, once you get to know a guy, like, you just learn how you have to be that extra step or two steps, like you're saying, four steps in order to know where you need to be. What was it like, though, being in the Don Koloff Arena for the first time in HWE, because they were always out in Hamilton. Now they're here in Mississauga. You come in, you win the title in front of a, a, ra- a rowdy crowd to say the least. And you knock yeah. down a, a guy who had held that title for over 200 plus days and you take it from him. And now you're at the mountaintop. So it's great. You're celebrating, but you also know that you got a million eyes in that locker room that know at any given time, right. one of them is going to say, Hey, guess what? Turva, it's my turn now. Absolutely. And going into it, uh, for me, like there's definitely like a ton of nerves coming out. Like for one, you come through the curtain. I'm like, man, I hope like these people care about me. I hope that these people like know who I am. And then, and then as it goes on, like you just get those people behind you, get them invested in you. And just like you said, like it was pretty neat to, to knock off the top dog in, in HWE just to create a new top dog. And so, but yeah, I definitely know like there's an X on my back everyone's going to want a shot at me. And I hope that they do because I essentially want everyone to come forward and bring everything up a level so that we can take things to where they haven't been before. So you're basically saying that you've got this open door, forbidden door policy, if you will, anybody that wants a shot, just come through. I'll give you that shot. I'll, I'll give you that title shot. As long as they've earned it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean, I can't walk out there and I can't walk out there and say, Tyler, I want a shot because I have no training. No. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And also like even leaning into it, like, yeah, I had, like you said, I, that was my first one in, in Don Koloff for, for HWE, but I'd wrestled like on a lot of their other shows in, um, in the different buildings leading up to everything. So essentially, yeah, it was my first one, first one there, but it's, it's not cause I haven't earned my stripes. Oh, absolutely. You have. And like I said, it was an honor to call your match. And when I found out it was going to be you versus rip, I was like, candy candy store. I'm like Tyler Turva. I ran over right after the way I bought a shirt. I was like, I need a shirt. I got to get a tie. And I wear it quite frequently. I've worn it in a few podcasts. That's one of my favorite shirts. Yeah. I always make sure to like those posts. I try to call them. I'm like, yo, a nice shirt. (laughs) And every time I see it, I like get it back. I go, this guy, this is amazing. So one thing that happened a few days ago is your better half celebrated her birthday. So what does yep. is, is a guy like the Saturday Night Delight do for his number one lady on her birthday? I mean, I saw the pinata, <laughs> which I was yeah. completely confused about, but I saw that. What else did you do? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I bought her. So we were watching TV, like, a couple nights before, and she just randomly was like, I really, like, want a pinata for my birthday. And then thinking nothing of it, I went and got a couple different uh like decorations and whatnot so i made like these streamers you know like um on videos back in the day when they used to get high they'd always had like the beads and when you walk through a doorway so i put streamers like that i just put like a happy birthday uh one around like in our kitchen and then got her a unicorn unicorn balloon i made her a sash and then yeah and then we just uh 
ended up getting like takeout and then uh, watched some of our favorite shows. And then, yeah, we did the, uh, we did the pinata and I've never, I've never heard her laugh like that. It was great. <laughs> but she like, sw- all, like she couldn't find it, which was like awesome. So she's like trying to find the pinata. And then when she finally does, like she beat the shit out of that thing. I was like so afraid. <laughs> oh, so good. She did. She yeah. absolutely tore that thing apart in a few different spots. I think there was just a little, like half of the head was left hanging, yeah. but everything else was destroyed. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was sweet. And so like everything. Yeah. And I was calling her my unicorn cause she's a unicorn. So yeah, it was pretty neat. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. So you said you watched some of your favorite shows. What, what, what are you binging these days? What, what is Tyler Turva into when he winds down on the couch? Right now. I was like, I'm trying to think, watch a lot of smutty dating shows. Wow. And so there's like, there's, I can't think, oh, there's a, a show called We Crashed right okay. now. So it's a, yeah, it's a, it's on Prime. I can't remember. I think it's Jared Leto. And he essentially like, he owns this. It's like the, he ends, he's, a, he's essentially like a billionaire and he's, but he's like created a company from the ground up and it's uh it's like a shared workspace type of company and they just keep growing and growing and he's trying to go public with it. But it's like, he's just like overconfident and he's burning through like a lot of money every, every week, like more than what they're making, but he's trying to grow at exponential rates, but they're trying to go public. So I, I love like anything that's like, I love anything business related. And so that's, that's essentially like a lot of like, I'll watch like a show like that, but, but really I'm always watching like formula one racing and, and I'm a big baseball fan. So this is kind of my time of year when everything switches over. (laughs) Okay. I am also a big baseball fan. Who is your team of choice? Mr. Turva. I'm an Atlanta Braves fan through and through, not just because they won last year. That was just finally the icing on the cake of a long stretch of not winning. So yeah, big Braves fan. All right. Fair enough. I may surprise you. I am not a Toronto Blue Jays fan. I actually laugh at the Blue Jays wholeheartedly. I oh, yeah. am a diehard Red Sox fan and not because they broke the streak in 07. Oh, I've been a man. fan my entire life. Sweet. They, and they just, I was just watching the end. They, they just lost one, nothing to the Jays, but that was, uh, but they beat them. I, they beat them yesterday though. They did. And it's the small victories. Listen, I know we're all B come October and we're in a yeah. rebuilding stage right now. But I also yeah. know that I've I've been spoiled as a Red Sox fan for so many consecutive Octobers that I'm okay with the one or two where I don't make it. I can live through that. Oh, yeah. And, like, even this rebuilding is still, like, they've got a team that's going to win. They'll win 82 games at least. Oh, absolutely. And that's, yeah, that's it's a just hard matter thing. Of if they'll hit 90, right? 90 is going to be that big number for them. Yeah, 90, 90 for sure. I mean, everyone in Toronto is all about the Jays. This is what Toronto sports fans do. This is what I love. We plan the parade before the season even <laughs> begins. It's going to happen this year. This is our year. It's all right. Easy, yeah. easy guys. Let's, let's slow yeah. They book all their tattoos, and then tattoo artists just get mad at the, at the end of the season when everything gets canceled. <laughs> I, <love that. laughs> I hate – I'm the – like – I. I I don't mind the Blue Jays because, like, I love going to games. But, like, if I'm going to pick a stadium to watch a ball game, I'm going to go to Detroit. Like, because you get you get a much better feel. Um, just because for me, it's essentially, like, similar drive, like, two, two and a half. But, um, yeah, man, like, like I, my buddies love watching them. And so, like, you end up still – I still kind of cheer for them whenever 
they're in like certain tight games, but then if they're playing like the A's, like I want to see the A's beat them. I want to see the Braves beat them. Like, but, but, but yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's always like come October, you know, it's going to be there. Exactly. You do. You definitely know who's going to be there. And that's the great thing about baseball though, because teams get hot January or sorry, July and August. And all of a sudden it's a very different yeah. landscape. That month of July is, I believe the most crucial month in baseball. If you don't have yeah. a good July, your season is over. I don't care how good of a, of a August or September you have. July is that month where teams really pull ahead. Yeah. I think between, I think it was, I was reading stats and last year, like the Braves were, were below 500 going into July. And then they only lost like eight games between July and August. So <laughs> went from being super low on the totem pole. And then now you're way ahead in the division and just change, like you said, it changes everything. And then now you have momentum for September and you're set. Exactly. And you get that cushion. So even if you have a dry September, you have July yeah. that kind of carries you forward a little bit. So July, I really believe July is that crucial month in baseball. It's the it's the favorite month of the year for me. That's the one month where I pay a lot of attention because I want to see yeah. who's hot, who's not. You got to get your you got to get your pool picks in. You got to get your your pitchers going. You got to get all the money you can in that month. That's when you soak oh, it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and when you have guys going into the All Star game hot, and then you have guys that that flatten out right after. So there's always like, if they can get through usually like that week after, then, then they're going to be pretty smooth sailing. But you see a lot of guys drop off, like guys that like in the home run derby, right? You'll see guys win the home run derby and then their bats flat, like Robinson Cano a few years back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You're hundred percent. I love this. I never get a chance to talk about baseball. <laughs> next next yeah. HWE show in July, we're going to wrap about some baseball for a couple of minutes because we'll know that each other is on that same wavelength, but now back Absolutely. to you. Um, so we talk about this, this chasing this, this proverbial dragon, the, these contracts, these big contracts that mean so much to everybody. And you had your experience with WWE, you did the training camps, uh, 70 seconds kind of on TV, 77 seconds, something like that on TV. And then who's counting, who's counting, who's counting. Well, again, I'm just quoting, I'm quoting the article, which was again, a fantastic yeah. read. But what do you think about all that when you reach the pinnacle and then it doesn't really go your way? How do you stay positive? How do you how do you keep pushing forward? How do you create the Saturday night delight? Or how do you redefine where Tyler Turver was then to where he is now? Well, I think it's with anything in life. Like as you go on, like you have honestly, like every time that something didn't happen, looking back now, it was actually such a crucial portion for me. Like I learned every failure you don't win like you don't learn when you win and that's what every great athlete always says you never learn when you win because you did everything right but people that always did everything right can they tell you and help you where you could have been better a lot of times no mm. and so so like for me every time i failed man like i i got better and i adapted and and i made all the changes of the feedback that i was given and I feel like that's why like right now I feel like I'm in such a good place because like I've been through a lot of different heartbreak, like with like, like through wrestling from not getting certain things. But I realized that I right now I have everything that I want. Like just because I didn't get the contract, I haven't got the contract. Like I'm not a different person because of it. I'm not a worse performer because of it. If anything, I was just not the one they wanted that day. And that happened so often. There's so many guys that currently aren't on TV that are 
much better wrestlers than people that are on TV that are way more entertaining. And that's just part, I believe that's just part of the business as well. And so like, I'm not sour for like, I've gone through parts where I was sour about it, but right now I don't feel like I'm in that spot where, cause I've taken everything that I've learned. I've just wanted to get better. And for me, it's about each match and, and, and looking forward to each match. And what can I get out of this match? How can I challenge myself today uh, as a performer? And also like, how can I, how can I get a certain reaction out of the crowd at a certain point? Like we talked about earlier, uh, where like, how can I have them in the palm of my hand in my entrance? How can I have them in the palm of my hand in my promo? How can I have them in the palm of my hand going, like going into the finish? That is something that you never get tired of because you essentially always have something to learn in each of those portions from every match you've ever had. I like that. I like that's very that's very profound. Like you said, you you take something every negative, you've turned it into a creative positive where you've put it back in. Okay, so I wasn't the guy that day. Now I can work yeah. on this, this, and this, and maybe I'll be the guy the next time around, or maybe you right. know, I'll, I'll just I'll polish myself up. And I think that's fascinating. And one of the um, one of the things I really enjoyed about you is I discovered you in 2020. That's when I discovered yeah. you, and then being able to call a Tyler Turva match. I mean, come yeah. on, that, that's it. If I quit commentary tomorrow, that is one of the peaks, the highlights of my career, because it's been so <laughs> awesome to call your matches, but we have the impact gut check and it's, yeah. you know, it's not a competition, but it is a competition. It's reality based, but it isn't. It's, it's one of these kind of gray areas in terms of these competition shows that they have. It's not American Idol. But the format is essentially kind of the same. Instead of putting on a song, you got to put on a match. You got to do all these things. What was the experience, the overall experience about the Impact Gut Check? I mean, from start to finish. Okay. So from it was awesome, to be honest. Like, it was awesome. So uh, essentially, it was like filmed in, in Windsor. So there was uh, initially there was, oh, there was probably like 12 people or so can't remember. I think there was about eight to 12 and uh, yeah, I was in Windsor. I was the only Canadian. Everyone else was, uh, was American. A few guys from Kentucky area. And then, uh, and then there, there's uh, like a few Ohio guys and, and people just from, from all over in the States. And so, yeah, it was uh, night one. <laughs> so night one, I, I was in like, we each had a little six minute practice match and actually uh, guy gave me a TKO as his finish. My hand, I actually caught my hand underneath his shoulder. So I actually broke my hand that night. And so, so finish the match, roll out of the ring. And I was like instantly like, cause I, I broke the third knuckle on my left hand here. And so I instantly was like, okay, so now what do I now have to think about everything else going on? And I'm like, man, now my hand's broken. Like, what do I do? Especially cause like in the, in the warm up, like we do, uh, we did like a hundred to, I think we did like a hundred squats, hundred sit-ups, hundred push-ups, and um, like a hundred lunges or whatever. And so all I'm thinking to myself is, I gotta go back to Windsor tomorrow. I gotta do a hundred push-ups on my hand. And so, so I was like, <laughs> the whole time I'm like, oh, I can just put more weight on my palm. Like I'll be fine. It's like, but it's like maybe I should say something. I was like, no. No, you know better. So, so I, I decided not like I decided not to. I thought it was just smarter not to. So I just take my hand. So yeah, next day just put all my weight in my palm. Still wrestled, did all the drills. Nothing changed, and uh, yeah. And then 
and then we ended up uh getting towards the end there was uh there was a six man there's a six man match that was filmed in uh just outside of Detroit so that was one night and that was like uh it was for they were doing like a live impact impact show and so we were the the opening match so it was a six man tag and then there was another six man tag uh down in oh I want to say like I believe it's Dayton, Ohio, where I went. And so initially we were told that was going to be where they announced the winner. And then they ended up, so we were waiting around for like an hour, hour and a half after the show. Everyone's like nervous, like who's going to win? Who's getting the contract? And then it was decided, nope, not tonight. (laughs) So then, uh, yeah, so then it ended up, and there was like, there was like all sit, there were six of us at that point. And then, uh, yeah then from there then got the call they said hey we're gonna uh we're actually gonna be doing the gut check finals uh we want to offer you a spot to be in it it's gonna be in atlanta i was like oh man i love atlanta it's across the street from where the braves play which is pretty cool and the braves new park was only a year old at that part or at that point so i was like man it's gonna be pretty cool i think it's called like the coca-cola roxy center coca-cola something uh little place so cool venue get there super pumped up Thought I had a good match. Thought everything was going to go my way and I was going to get it. But hey, shook hands with the other guy. Shogun got it instead. But I got good feedback of, of everything. I felt like I put my best foot forward. And to be honest, I just felt like it was just not me that day. And that was, that's with all the reflecting that I've done since it. Like, yeah, I got good feedback. Talked to so many of the different guys backstage to get their feedback what they thought could have been better should i change something to my look what about my gear the way that i talk my mannerisms all these like yeah i break down every single little thing about what i do and man like the we just that was the feedback just might not be today i like that i like that you 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 it didn't go your way but you went right in the back and you went hey what do you think about this? What can I do? And you broke it down to everything. You asked everything. You weren't just like, was my match crap? It was like, no, no. What about my gear? What about my look? My promos? Do I do I slow it down? Do I speed it up? Like this and that. Like the way I come out, the way I, I, I move. And that's amazing. Like you literally went through the, the school of hard knocks in one night. You literally took it all back and you said, okay, now I got I to gotta reshape. I got to repolish like we've been talking about the whole conversation. And that's fantastic. Absolutely. And now, do you feel right now at your at this point in your career that this is the best version of you that the fans have seen? Without a doubt, right now, yeah, without a doubt. Like I feel, I feel like I'm firing on all cylinders. Um, leading up to because that was that was literally the week before the pandemic hit, so that was March 2020, and so that six month, that six or eight month stretch. I actually so I went to I did my first. Uh, impact explosion match in October of 2019 in Vegas. And then I ended up having another one November or maybe that was September. Anyways, like two months later, I had, I had another explosion match against um, El Reverso and then ended up having another one with Brent Banks. So I was like, I was just feeling like everything's clicking starting. Like I won a heavyweight like a heavyweight t- title in there. I had like three other matches on shows where um, with Tyson Dukes, I just thought were like off the charts. Like I was just literally feeling like on top of the world. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, boom, pandemic hits, but like took the whole pandemic to just be like, okay, 
how do we, how do we take that and how do we keep going? So essentially now, now I got three belts <laughs> going for a fourth soon. So yeah, I just, I'm not going to call myself the belt collector, but maybe someone will call me that. <laughs> I could call you that. You're the belt collector <laughs> yeah, you Ontario right now. You're, you're killing yeah. it right now. And so many different levels. Fly. And the great thing is about Thank Tyler you. Turva is you, you don't know what to expect when you get in the ring. That's why I love calling your matches. I don't know what Thank to you. expect. I can't call a Tyler Turva match and just be like, oh, okay, it's going to be a sweet arm drag. Then we're going to get a knee to the face. Then we're going to get some chops. <laughs> no, no. It's like, um, it's like when I call a match, I'm thinking, okay, what the hell is he going to do? I mean, I've been watching wrestling a long time. What's he going to do here? I, I, I think he's going to go for it. No, he did something completely fucking different than I thought he was going to do. This <laughs> fucking guy. I can't, I yeah. can't figure, I can't, I don't want to play poker with Tyler Turva. Because I know if I go all in and I think this guy's got a dump, this guy's got pocket twos. He's got nothing. He throws out four aces. And the worst part about it is he'll throw out four aces and he'll literally, he'll roll his sleeves up like this before he does. He'll be like, all right, I'm all in. Fucking shit. What the hell? I would, I would pause for probably six or seven seconds before I say all in though. I, I do the thinking. (laughs) <laughs> i can't i don't know how to put, do the cool thing where you put your chips like intertwined oh yeah i can't do, I can't do any of that. yeah 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 i can't do that i can spin a pen around my thumb but that's about it my tell is uh, oh, yeah, and then my tell in. is uh i play poker all the time i never win but my tell is um i always bring sunglasses with me but when i got a really good hand yeah. i'm giving this away so if you play poker you know that i got to change my tell now but when i got a really good hand i'll have the glasses like this on my forehead and then i'll just be like Okay, I'm all in. And I put the, like, it's like uh, Stallone and over the top. Like I put yeah, the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me tell yeah. you, it, it has never really worked out for me. I've always thought I've had a good hand. And then somebody fucking catches me on the river, Tyler. They catch me on that fifth fucking card all the time. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. The last I've played, like, I'm not terrible at poker. I don't play a ton, but I've, I've won. I won a tournament one night with like 12 guys. And the funny part is that was like the third time I played. I just played the guy. Because to me, it was like wrestling psychology the whole time. I was just reading him. <laughs> so it was neat. It was neat. And I didn't have great cards. I ended up ended up going all in when I like, uh, like calling, having like pairs of sevens, having eights, like eight, nine suited, like not even like top hands, but it's still like good enough, right? So you just got to play the guy. <laughs> you play but it's the also luck in the draw. It's also luck in the draw, but you okay, got to play okay, the guy. Okay. You got to play the guy. You got to play the guy, but it's still luck in the draw. I like that. Should be if you ever did like a poker like book, like a how to play poker. That should be the name of the book. You got to play the guy, but it is luck of the draw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, luck of the draw and math. Right. Cause it's all probability. Yeah. <laughs> and I do love numbers. I do love numbers. So that's the, that's fun having a photographic memory and you're remembering back all the different cards you've seen. <laughs> I like that. So you can actually go see, that's the thing. I don't have a photographic memory. I can't remember what happened yesterday, let alone uh, what happened 30 seconds ago in hand. Like it's brutal. I can remember what guys had throughout what they did. Cause I can, cause, cause it, it, to me, it's like, yeah, it's remembering moments. So it's always moments of just like, yeah, it's just like you take that picture. Like, what movie is that? <laughs> There's a movie where they're like taking a picture with their eye. It's like same oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? I, I know what you're talking about. And you know what? Now we're yeah, going to have to. Like a guy saying it to a girl, and he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so 
I got to ask this. This is a really, uh, this is a really important question. When you look at your career thus far and yeah. everything that you've accomplished, everything that may have not gone your way on those days, uh, what would yeah. you say was, um, everyone has that kind of fork in the road moment where they could have gone this way, but they chose to go this way. And this way is the way they've gone. And it's worked out so much better in the long run. What would you say was that fork in the road moment for you? Great question. Great question. Um, my fork in the road moment was actually pretty early, I think, looking back now. Um, but to give it context, so shortly after I had my match on SmackDown, which was in 2010, I tore my ACL. And so I got, so around that time, that's when uh, Cody Rhodes was doing the paper bag on the face thing. And so from Ontario, Psycho Mike and Johnny Wave, they were the bad guys. But like, I, I was called, like, I was one of the guys that was called to come back and have another tryout match and, and do a few things. And so, and I said, yes, but she had the, the lady asked me, she's like, Oh, have you wrestled freak? Like recently I was like, no, I actually like tore my ACL. I have surgery in three weeks. She's like, okay, you can't show up with a knee brace. If you do that, you're forever. Like you're, you're not ever going to get a shot. And so I had to tell her like, I couldn't do it. I just remember like just being beside myself, but it was like, it was young at the time, like super young. I was only like 24. And so in my head, I was, I've just always said, okay, it's not right now. So then it's, you just work on yourself, keep moving forward. But um, so short, so the, just before the performance center started, I did the last FCW uh, tryout. And so that's the tryout where uh, Buddy Murphy ended up winning uh, the tryout and they ended up signing, they signed like six or six or 10 or like the, a ridiculous number to say, uh, Sammy Callahan was, was at that one. And, I, I can't even remember everyone else, but I just remember Buddy Murphy was the one that won the contract. And I know I had, and I had a pretty legit shot because I was uh, taking, there's a warehouse next door where we had to go. And it's so hot because we're in Tampa, Florida. And it was, uh, I want to say it was like September, but anyways, it was like super hot. And we were getting pictures taken and like Sammy's one of them. There was, there, there was like six or eight of us, I think. Anyways, um, that's what, and the, the guy that does the hiring at the, at the time, and like having chat with him and, and have different chats with like different people backstage, like Sarah Del Rey and all these people, like all these top agents. And so right there, that was my fork in the road. And so I was too young and too naive. Like I didn't know, I didn't know, like the, the way we're just laughing and caring about when someone when someone's asking me questions and those like, like I said, Sarah Del Rey, like trying to get to know me and just asking questions about like, who's the person behind Tyler Turva. I, I found it hard to, to like let go of the wrestling side and just to answer. And so for me, that was a, that was a really big learning experience and it, but it's also really hard to do in those scenarios because you, you're putting so much pressure on yourself. So so for me, that was that I felt like that was a bit of a fork because I from there, it was hard for me um, to ever towards WWE to, to gain any momentum, any like like I did a bunch of extra work and and stuff like that, where like I was sting one night. I was 
uh, I was in like the, the Adam Rose party train wearing like, uh, butterfly or tinkerbell wings and stuff <laughs> like that and then like you're wearing, wearing a gladiator costume like the next night but so like like i've done a bunch of those cool things but that was all after the fact and there was just no momentum that really came from it but i i truly thought like when i was super young and we were talking like 10 years ago now like i felt like there was a pretty legitimate shot at that time but i also i didn't show up in my best shape because and so it wasn't from a lack of trying. It's just like, sometimes that's just how everything's rolling. Like there's a lot of variables going on, but it's also easier to say all those things now when it's already happened to me and it's behind me. Right. But yeah, that was, that was definitely my fork in the road. I think it was, uh, it was just learning that there's more, there's more to the business than just wrestling and talking in front of a camera. Like you're like, everyone's going to have to like you. And like, that's part of why I got, into wrestling like i love more than just the wrestling aspect like i love being around the guys and girls in the back and getting getting to know and seeing people grow and helping people like that's that's something i've like always been enthralled by like when you like i still when i'm when i'm in a car going to a show whoever i'm riding with like the way you hear guys like Scott Hall and Triple H and Shawn Michaels and X-Pac and how those guys would just talk the business. All we did was talk about the business. Like, man, that's all I've ever done since the day I started wrestling. All I've ever talked about was my match, someone else's match, other matches that we watched on the show. And all we're talking about is the psychology of wrestling, how we get better and how do we like, how do we do so many of these different components? And then even the business side where we're talking about our merchandise, we're talking about like, how do you, how do you try and get paid more money from a promoter? How do you, how do you get more bookings? Like who's got shows coming up in these next, like there's so many layers to everything. And I've and even to this day, I'm like still just as fired up about wrestling as I was when I started 14 years ago. And so even though that was a fork in the road, like to me now I'm like, but so what? I'm like there's going to be forks the whole way. It's just a matter of, what am I going to do? Cause I'm going to run into more forks and I'm going to pivot there too. And so it's, it's like, man, no matter what, like I, I love the person that wrestling's made me become. And so, and that's why I'm like, I just want to take more people along, along for the ride with me. Cause like, I'm just having so much fun. And that's, that's really what it's all about. Whether I do it on TV, whether I do it in front of 30 or 40 people, like I really don't care. Cause like when my music hits, no one's stopping me. I like that. I like, I, I mean, there, this is probably the most engaging and profound conversation that I've had in a very long time. I've had a lot of conversations, but this is one I think is going to stick out of my head for a very long time. And you're right. There's going to be, there's going to be forks. There's going to be peaks. There's going to be valleys. There's going to be high points and low, low points, but how you, how you kind of navigate those waters is how you yeah. find who you want to be. And I think absolutely that the person that I'm having this conversation with now is one of the most down to earth and humble people. And don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. Anyone who's watching this right now, this <laughs> motherfucker can beat the shit out of you with the biggest smile on his face. But he also knows I've seen this man command a crowd. He could come out to a crowd that doesn't look very engaged. Like he opened the show at the last HWE show. The fans are just getting in. It's still a little chilly in Canada. It wasn't the greatest day. And Turbis music hit, he'd out there and he's hype. But by the end of that promo, when we found before Jimmy Corderas came out and we found out who your opponent was going to be, that crowd 
from when you started that promo to when you finished it, the whole atmosphere changed. It went from kind of blase, like a rainy Sunday morning, to let's <laughs> fucking go, baby. It was fucking great, man. It was great, and it was Thank great you. to to be in that arena that night. And um, let, let's. Uh, this is a question that I think you have a great answer for. Let's talk about pressure. When you're at the mountaintop, when you're when you're the yeah. champion of no matter which promotion you're representing. And yeah. you got to go out there and nine, nine times out of 10, unless there's a grudge match on the card, you're going to be that main event. You're going to be that final thing that everyone has come to see because they want to see these two guys go at it for this championship. They want to see him prevail. When you've got to wait in the back room from, let's say, 7 o'clock and your match isn't on until 9.30 and you got to wait, you got to wait, you got to wait. You can do whatever you want. You can ju- do jumping jacks. You can stretch it out. You can listen to some music. You can walk around saying great match. You can watch a couple things. But how do you deal with that pressure, that anxiety of waiting for so long to get that 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it may be? Sometimes I wonder too, because a lot of times I might have had a coffee. If the show started at seven, I might have had my coffee at five. <laughs> and so there's actually a lot of times I'll hit like a nosedive. And I'll just be like, just sitting there like this and just dead like 20 minutes before the match, because I've been pacing around for two hours and you're just like chomping at the bit to want to go. But then, like I said, man, when you're, when your music hits, you just switch. And there's like, I, I don't know how to describe it because there's not words for it, but you just switch that gear. Cause it's like, now it's go time. And the cool part is, it's like, you're like going out, like even for like you said i appreciate all those nice things you said about that promo like i didn't know what i was gonna say i just went out there and was feeling and started feeling it i started off with with like but the one word that i had was the party's here and then i figure how they react will be how i go next and they started doing the what chance so i rolled with the what chance but i just kept control and yeah man like you like the pressure though like how, how to deal with that pressure like you got two hours to think about it. So you, you better figure out some game plan, <laughs> some game plan of what you're going to do, because it, it, along the, along the way to before you close shows, you learn, you should learn little things that work for you all the time. And so you always have to have those little things that work for you in your back pocket as like a go-to when things are going south. And so like, Hey, if I, if I get lost in this conversation, I can be like, I'm the dapper, dimple, dangerously delicious like that, that, that calms me down every time I say it because I know it well enough. So from a psychology standpoint, if I ever get lost, I'll just tell them who I am. <laughs> I like that. I, I like everything you said. Now, my <laughs> final question, and then I'm going to yeah. play a game because I always I hope play that a answered game. the question. I hope that answered the question. It absolutely I hope that answered the question. Yeah, it absolutely did. So my final question, then we're going to play a game because I, I always play a game with whoever I'm on the show with, and I got a couple good ones for you. Now, Sweet. my final question, if you could rewind this interview back in time, let's say we go 14 years ago, before you got into this crazy, mixed up, amazing business that is wrestling, and you could yeah. see a Tyler Turva 14 years ago, what advice would you give yourself now that you could depart part on yourself back then? If you could tell yourself anything back then before you got into this, through all these 14 years, what would you say to your younger self, given the opportunity? <laughs> I would say yes to everything. And that was, that, that's the advice. I'd, I'd get, the advice is you say yes to every opportunity that you get. And I felt like I said yes to like every, 
every hint of an opportunity, but there's even, when you look back, there's still even, there's always like two or three things you could have said yes to, or you could have tried, like if you had a thought to do something, you just, you just do it. So like, if you, if you think about like, Hey, maybe I should go train in Mexico for two or three months. All right, just do it. Like there's uh but yeah, it's, it's real easy. Once you're, once you pick something like that, that's something like you can have a thought creep in or doubt and you're like, ah, no, maybe it's not, maybe it's not the right time right now. And it's like, nothing's ever going to be the right time. Nothing's the right time for anything because you never know when your opportunities are going to be set up, but you also have to create your opportunities. So if you don't go and do, if you don't go to Mexico and train, um, train for three months, how are you going to know if you're ever going to have a shot to wrestle in Mexico? If you don't, if you don't take a booking, if you don't take, take a book, you might take a booking where, when you're real new, where you're not, you're not going to get paid, which is, which was common when I started. It's not so common um, now, but like all those end up paying off. Like, yeah, you just jump in the vehicle, go help set up a ring, set up a few chairs, maybe get a shot and have a match. And then you just make sure that you have a good six or eight minute match. And next thing you know, you're booked on the next show. And then that's how, that's how you create momentum. And even still to this day, like I give like one of the biggest uh, advices that I give myself from 14 years ago is just like, just stay hungry and stay obsessed. Cause if you're not obsessed with it, that's where things, that's where there's the little lull. Cause you're not pushing forward. Man, you're just killing it with these. Pro- like I can, I can write, <laughs> I can write a proverb book on all the Tyler Turva's proverb book. It'll be a seller, man. It'll be a seller. <laughs> hey man, I've made I've, I've made all the mistakes along the way, but I've also like, I've learned and grown from all of them. Like, that's the only way that's why, like, I'm just in a place where like, I've, I've, I've been teaching like in so many other parts of my life, but I've just never taught and coached like in wrestling. And it's just something that like, I, like, I've been given advice for 14 years and just, I'm just taking that all in. And now it's time it's time for me to now slowly start passing that on to other people because there's going to be something they'll get from it that they might need that day. And then that's going to make them better. And me, me talking about it is going to make me better because it's going to make me think about it in another way. I'm just ready to kill it, bro. I'm just ready to kill it. (laughs) You you already are, my dude. You already are. And I can't wait to call another Tyler Turva Saturday Night Delight main event coming up July 9th back at HWE, back at Don Koloff. And it's going to be a barn burner. It always is. Whenever the Saturday Night Delight is in the house, even if it's on a Sunday, it's okay. (laughs) Because he's still there and he's still rocking it out. All right, my man, are you ready before we get to your socials and before we say our goodbyes? Are you ready to play my game? I'm in. Yeah, Okay. let's do it. I'll give you the I'll give you the three games that I usually play. You let me know which one you want to tangle with, and we'll go from there. So the first option is called Forced Mount Rushmore, where I give you five wrestlers, any wrestlers I choose, and you got to put them on your Mount Rushmore. One being the least one you like out of the five I gave you, and five being the best one you like. The other okay. option is the yes or no game. It's really easy. I give you two options, or sorry, not the yes or no game. I give you two options. And you got to pick one. So it'll be like Apple or Android. You got to pick. No thinking. You just got to pick. And then the final game is the yes or no game where I ask you a question like, is Trish Stratus better than Medusa? And you just give me a yes or no answer. No explanation needed. So those are my three games. Which one would, which one would the Saturday Night Delight like to take part in? Oh, that's tough. I like the, yeah, I like the yes, no, but I always justify myself. So I'm going with Mount Rushmore. All right, perfect. So force Mount Rushmore again to explain the rules. I'm going to give you 
five wrestlers at random. You're going to put them on a list from one being your least favorite of those five to five being your favorite of those five. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right, do I go. explain why? Do I explain why? You can explain why. This one, you uh, okay. can explain why. The yes or no okay. game, you would have no option. It would just be a yes or no. Okay. Okay, here we go. So here's my five wrestlers. And I'm going to mix them up. I'm going to give you some great females. I'm also going to give you some great men. And you're going to put them in order. So here we go. Wrestler number one, because I mentioned her in the example, Trish Stratus. Wrestler number two, because he's one of my all-time favorite in Impact and in WWE, AJ Styles. Number three, because he's the newly crowned Impact Wrestling World Champion, Josh Alexander. Number four, and this is a big one because you mentioned that you did extra work and you and you were him for a night. My all-time favorite, Stink. And because I don't think she gets enough credit for what she did in this business, but I think she's one of my personal favorites and I love her to death. And that is um, my all-time favorite female of this modern era, this modern era that we're in right now, the one that I think is by far surpasses everybody else, and that's Jordan Grace. So there we go. You got Jordan Grace, you got Sting, you got Josh Alexander, you got Trish Stratus, and you got AJ Styles. Where do you put them? One to five. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, and you said one being lowest? Yes, one being the lowest. Uh, all right. So, uh, number one, we'll go Jordan Grace. I think she's got, uh, she's just the newest of the bunch. And yeah, definitely has like room to grow and whatnot. Cause essentially her career is significantly shorter than everyone else's so far. And then, um, all right. And then number two, this is quite a list, by the way. <laughs> it's quite a list. I'm going, um, Number two, I'm going uh, Trish Stratus. Okay. And so I'm putting Trish Stratus number two. And it's not because the people I'm putting above her are that, mu that much better. She just came along in a time where, like, I do think she was great at what she did. And I just think, like, things have changed, like, things have changed and grown and proven in a different way. So that's why I'm justifying where my next one goes. Okay. So number three, number three, I'm going Josh. Like, man, he was my tag partner, actually, 2009 for a little bit. We were called the Pro Stars. <laughs> and, uh, man, Josh is, like, one of the best in the world right now. Like, the stuff that he does in ring night in, night out, like, that guy is a animal. And so it's only a matter of time where he's just going to keep keep growing and keep going. Like, yeah, I'm so proud of so proud of Josh. Like, I met – he was one of the first guys that I met because we're around the same age. He started a couple years before me, but – so proud of him for for becoming impact champion but also sticking to his guns and wrestling like his style the way he does and ever when you get like when josh alexander's on your card you know you're getting his best and that that's like to me like i just have respect for that for how much he busts his ass night in night out and i'm going number number four i'm going sting even though I was staying on raw one time, not giving him number five. Okay. <laughs> so st I, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a WCW guy growing up, like in terms of fans, but he's also done. He's also been on top for so long with so many guys, but I still think a lot of the other guys made him. That's fair. That's, that's just fair. my, that's just, that's just my personal opinion. Absolutely. And then the reason, and then number five, that's why I'm going AJ Styles is because I don't think AJ Styles 
needed everyone to make him. I think he made himself and he's been on, he's essentially been in that upper echelon for like almost 20 years when an in-ring style is so much harder on your body. And that guy's barely changed his wrestling style. He's still like still crazy. There's nothing he can't do. And yeah, man, like he's so good, but he's also like, I swear he's younger now than 10 years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's got Benjamin right. Button syndrome. He's going backwards. Yeah. And like, but honestly, like all those five can be interchanged in so many different ways. Like that is, that was a tough list. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's called force Mount Rushmore. I put you on the spot to choose how you got to rank them based on what I give you. That's why the game's so much fun. Mr. Turva, this has been an amazing conversation. Now I could say you are officially, even though the mini host sat down with you first and we had to hold off till I could get you on here <laughs> so the episodes could coexist. Now you are officially a member of the Straight Talk family. So my dude, thank you so much for thank being you. on the show. You know we're going to do this again down the line. And if anybody's not following your journey on the wonderful yet subpar world of social media, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm at Turva training on Facebook or, or, uh, the odd time on Twitter. I'm at Tyler Turva. So yeah, everyone can hit me up. I, I don't do a ton of posting on, uh, on my Instagram, but when I do, we, we got some things that are, uh, personal training related. Cause that's uh, another side of what I do is I personal train and then, yeah, but you can always see the Saturday night delight live and in living color right now in red and yellow. Who knows, eventually maybe a couple different colors, but bro, thank you so much for having me today. This was a blast. Oh, no problem, man. Thank you for giving me the time. It was my honor. All right, guys, that's it for this one. Peace, love, and wrestling. I'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace, not in my league, you out of place. I'm not at the top, I'm outer space. Any with us, we're out of place. I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great. You're not my fan, you can't relate. Straight talk going state to state